0: We're going to call a fast. When I think about fasting, man, uh, when you mention fasting, you can get some pretty interesting responses from church people. Let me just tell you. Some of them say, why do you have to fast? Others say, is is fasting still for today? (laughs) Somebody, Somebody says, well, isn't that just religious? Isn't fasting, isn't that just religion? Don't religion, you know, isn't that this religious thing we got going on? In fasting just for full-time ministry people? You're going to what? I'm going to fast. Why? <laughs> because God asked us to, well, how long are you going to do that? We're going to do it for 40 days. you got to be kidding me. This is from church people. <laughs> how many would say, that I've lived a lifestyle for the li- my my whole Christian life. You know, I have to raise your hand. I've lived a lifestyle of fasting. Um, I've fasted probably more lately over the last year than probably. And you can't tell it yet because it's not been, you know, long fast. But I've been fasting and praying more than normal. And, and really what I want to do and what I want it to become, because I, as I study this week and I, as I'm moving into this and as I'm really believing God to, 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 to save our nation because it's the church that actually is going gonna, is gonna to save this nation. Do you realize that there's no party that's going to save this nation? There's no individual president that has the ability to bring redemption and reconciliation to a nation. The only thing that can do that is the church where people want to be like the church and the church then adopts kingdom principles and votes kingdom principles is the only way that we're ever going to have a nation that serves the Lord again. We're not going to force politics to adhere to our policies. We can't expect an unbelieving government to act like believers. So it's the church. So if I'm if I'm really seeking God and I'm really believing, either I can throw my hands up in the air and say, I give up, or I really believe that this issue and this problem is not too big for God. What well, we just sang just a minute ago is there's this dependency upon God. I was listening to a message by Francis Chan today, uh, this week. Somebody said, you know, Francis Chan has preached his last message in America. He's, he's, going, he's going overseas. Um, and and, uh, and so, I, 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 so I searched for it, and it says Francis Chan is leaving in 2020. So I listened to that one, and it wasn't. His last message, but it was great because it was exactly what we were talking about Wednesday night, and then I found the real one, and it was amazing, and this is what he said, this is what I want to want you to understand is you haven't got, I haven't got everything there is to understand about God. We don't understand everything there is about God. And he was talking about he was he was on this mission trip and he, he or this mission, yeah, I guess it was a mission trip, his own mission, and he's actually going to live there. And he said he said he had an interpreter and he was going from village to village to village and, and he was presenting the gospel and they never heard about Jesus. He was presenting the gospel to these villages and, and he had this interpreter and it was so difficult because it didn't have it didn't have flow, you know, there wasn't great communication, there weren't great transitions. Good job, Vulu on the transition. You know, they didn't have they, well, none of that. It was it was it was it was rough. He he would talk over the translator, and the translator wouldn't get it right. And they'd have—I mean, it was rough. And and he's trying to present this important message of the gospel of Jesus. And he begin to cry out to God. He said, "God, if you don't come, do something. If you don't bring healing, if you don't do something supernatural here, God, they're not going to hear me. It's just going to be like anybody else." And he said, "All his ministry years, you go—you go listen to it. All his ministry years." He has believed that, that God didn't heal, that, that all the gifts were gone. He, he even had a, got, got a Bible school. But in that moment, he cried out to God and said, God, if you don't heal all these people, they're not going to believe you. I've got, you've got to show up here, God. And he said he began to pray for the village, and there, was, there, were, there were all kinds of ailments. He, he began to name them, and he said one particular one was deaf from birth. And he said he prayed for everyone, and they all were healed. From a place where he didn't believe. You see, humility says, and there comes a place where you really understand that if God doesn't show up, that the show's not going to work. You know, it's about the relationship and the presence of God. He, now, listen to this. I just want to get—I want to get all this faith stuff, uh, give it some clarity. Because he said he says he was so skeptical of what happened. He sent teams back the next day to see if it really stuck. That doesn't sound like faith that doesn't have unbelief in it, does it? I believe, but help my unbelief. And so when we study fasting, and when we're looking at fasting, the thing that we need to understand, and one of the things that we've done in the American church, is we've misrepresented the gospel, and this is how we've done it. It's it's probably one of the worst misrepresentations that have occurred and that is there's a there's a thought process that works don't matter when we came out with the idea that that you're saved by grace through faith you know when you're when that when that's the case then then works don't matter well works can't get you saved but works matter to god it's, it's actually it's actually the fruit of you believing. In other words, if you don't have works, you might not be saved. Works don't get you saved. they just show up when you are saved. It's the fruit of being saved. And so and so as we start to as we start to understand what what the requirements of God are, we have to look at Jesus as our leader. And when we look at Jesus as our leader, we have to understand that that he he was a man who depended on fasting. Matter of fact, as soon as he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, by the way, by the way, there's another misconception. I just want to clear it with this baptism thing. All the prophets were baptized in the Holy Spirit. The spiritual gifts Operated in the prophets. The difference between Acts chapter 2 and the prophets was he poured out his spirit on all flesh. The same Holy Spirit was in the prophets and they prophesied. they heard the Lord, they operated in spiritual gifts. And then he says, now the reason that we can do greater works than Jesus is because he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, and we have the grace and the power to accomplish more than he did while he was on the planet. Why? Because the same spirit that he was baptized with, you can be baptized with. You can be filled with. You can get You can get instruction from. And so Jesus was a man. He fasted. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he went to the desert for 40 days and fasted 40 days. Immediately he fasted. You know, they brought the the little boy that was crippled to him. And and the father came and he says, you know, your disciples tried to do this, but, but nothing happened. And Jesus says to them, this one right here, it takes fasting and prayer. It takes a lot of fasting and prayer to deal with with this hellish force. And then Jesus prayed over him, and he was healed. I just want to present to you today that Jesus Uh, didn't have any more power that was available that the disciples had. He was just prayed up, fasted up, filled up, ready to do the work that the Father had called him to. He didn't have to go back and fast and pray. He was already prepared for what life was going to throw him, what life was going to bring him. He was set up. Now, listen, when I think about this, I'm thinking about the, the design of the church, I'm thinking about what God has in store and what he has a- expectation for in you and in me. And why I'm so challenged personally is be- because I believe without a shadow of a doubt that it is the will of the kingdom of God to prepare me for anything that might come up. I, I think I think that I can be prayed up, fasted up, and ready for anything that this world will bring my way. Not only personally, not only my family, but what you face, what your relatives face, what your co-workers face when they're dealing with something that you're going to have the ability to bring comfort, you're going to have the ability to bring healing, you're going to have the ability to bring the right scripture, you're going to hear God, you're going to be able to pray for people, you're going to be able to do things. It is what is intended for the church. Now, there's a major problem in the church, and that is that we don't do any of these things. And there's a, there's a great, great question that Gideon asked, Lord, where's all your miracles? Where, where are they at? And I mean, I, I hear about all these miracles you're not doing. You know how many times as a pastor over the years I've heard I've heard this, why doesn't God do any miracles in America? Well, it just could be the condition of the church. It could just be that we're not fasting and praying. It could just be that that he's he said, "Well, I'm waiting on you," and I, I can I can prove it. You see, what we what we think about we another thing we do is we separate, and I got to get rid of it. What we I didn't even start it. We. Uh, what we do is we, we try to separate Old Testament character of God from New Testament character of God, and it's not. I mean, it's not. It's just not. He's not surprised he sent Jesus. He's looking at the cross. He's bringing redemptive qualities all through the Old Testament, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. There's just looking to the cross, and, and then Jesus comes. Well, what's the difference then of what Jesus did? Well, we can enter in through his blood, but everybody in the Old Testament knew that anyway, and they knew the representation of, of the sacrifices they brought. They understood that it was a picture of the cross and of what Abraham knew, and all those things are true. And so and so we, we come to the cross, and, and then we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, what does that do? All that does church it's give you the power over sin and death you're going to be marked you're going to be sealed by the holy spirit and when Jesus comes back you're going to be identified because God lives in you you're going to be sealed by the holy spirit and then you're going to be given power for what not to sin not to do things in a way that God wouldn't do them. You're going to be given a choice. You're going to be given a mindset. You're going to have the ability to do things your way, but if you've got God in you, you also have the ability to surrender and submit your life to the work and the power of the Holy Spirit to get you to enable you to do the kingdom work. That's the only difference. The only difference is God in you, the hope of glory. It's where we put our hope. And so when we think about fasting, we got to understand that God, He doesn't waste or create anything without purpose or intent or anything that doesn't have value. He's not going to waste our time. He doesn't have an ego problem where He wants us to just fast so that He can feel good about Himself. Right? He can feel powerful. And he never wastes it. And so we understand, even if you're not a believer, we understand that when we fast, and as he calls us to fast, that it has physical uh, value, it has health value, and it also has spiritual value. So let's look as an unbeliever and say, what happens when I fast? Well, we know eight things, and this is not a complete list. If you start fasting, you're gonna, it's going to promote blood sugar control by reducing insulin resistance. It's going to promote better health by f- fighting inflammation. It's gonna, it may enhance heart health by improving blood pressure, triglycerides, and cholesterol levels. It's going to boost brain function and prevent neurodegeneration disorders. Some of you need that right there, that brain function thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to aid our weight loss by limiting calorie intake and boosting metabolism. It's going to increase growth hormone secretion, which is vital for growth, metabolism, weight loss, and muscle strength. It could delay aging and extend longevity of life. It may aid in cancer prevention. And increase the effectiveness of chemotherapy if you have cancer. That's if you don't believe. God doesn't do anything without intent. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not this Lord over you. I've got to do these things and I've got to be inconvenient since I'm going to follow God. God always wants you to benefit. He always wants you to prosper. He didn't want to harm you. He wants to teach you how to be successful and be victorious. And so he says says fast. Now, that's just physical benefits. What about spiritual benefits? Well, the spiritual values are it, it, it it helps us in our need to get our flesh into submission. How many of you need to get your flesh into submission? How many of you need to get your flesh into submission? Somebody say hallelujah. I mean, when I say, I say fast coffee, I, I'm going to get kicked back like nuts. Right? You can't do without coffee. Really? Not fast everything else, just so, not Starbucks. I just suck on fast Starbucks. You know, I like my creamy cappuccino foo foo dooley dooley doo, this $5.50. Take that $5.50, put it in the building fund. Somebody say hallelujah. (laughs) I'm saying all that to say, man, God wants us to get a grip. Get a grip, get sober judgment of where you really at spiritually because we're going to get into some stuff here in just a minute. It's going to blow us away. Our need, we have a need to get our flesh into submission. We have a need to align ourselves with God. You know, when you fast and you're, and you're, and you're thinking about, man, I, I need to get in alignment with God, and, and you fast and pray. See, so it's fast and pray. In other words, you fast lunch, and during lunch, you don't just don't eat food, You pray during the time that you normally would eat food. It's it's a fasting and praying, and so we want to do both. We don't want to just do one because we want to align ourselves with the truth and the ways of God. And we also have a need to acknowledge our deep need and our, our dependency upon God. When you fast and you get your body into submission, there seems to become this awareness that you really need the Lord. And and we were singing that song about uh and, and I and I just felt in the room that there are so many things that we really understand that we need God on, and we've almost given up on the idea that God's gonna do anything in this, or or or, or the people are ever gonna turn to God and and actually get help from the Lord. We 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 just like, oh, I'm 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 worn out praying about this. I'm worn out. Worrying about this. I'm worn out just thinking about this. And we get to a place where we just... And God is saying, hey, don't do that. Fast and pray. Seek me. Seek me. Come after me. Know my way. I want to lead you. 1 Corinthians uh, says this. It says, "It's 927 says... I discipline my body, Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. He was concerned about his well-being. When I went to Israel, there was this place, there was this sect of people, and, and they, were devout, they were devout Jews, and, and they would baptize themselves three times a day why would you do that i mean jesus wasn't even there yet it was a jew and and he was talking about baptizing himself three times a day it was a baptism of repentance so in the morning when they got up they wanted to make sure that they were in alignment with god so they baptized themselves and then about lunchtime they wanted to make sure that anything that they did outside of the way god wanted it done that they baptized themselves unto repentance and then they picked it back up at lunchtime and they went forward to evening making sure that they were they were aware that they were doing things the way God said to them am I re- asking you to do that I don't I don't think that that's even in scripture I, I'm just saying that there was this there was this sobriety and a need to be holy Because works matter. They matter. And they matter to God. And so when we look at fast and and we look at what Jesus said, there's no other place better than Isaiah 58. And it's really talking about true worship and false worship when it's talking about fasting. It says, shout with the voice of God. Of a trumpet blast. He's this is God. This is God talking to Isaiah. And he's saying, Isaiah, sound this alarm. Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud: don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins yet they act so pious. Pious is devout religious making a hypocritical display of virtue. They act so pious. They come to the temple every day. Listen to this. They go to church every day, and they seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. They say, we have fasted before you, God. Why aren't you impressed? We've been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. And he says, I'll respond like this. I'll tell you why it's because you are fasting to please yourselves even while you fast you're keeping your you're, you're you keep your uh, oppressing your workers what good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling among one another the kind of fasting this kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me wait a minute they're going to church they're sons and daughters of god They're they're acting as if in their own hearts that they want to get near God. They want to be in the presence of God. Yet their works won't allow him to respond. Now listen, this is where we get sideways. We get sideways and ask anything you want and it'll be done for you. And we leave out the aspect that you've got to be right with God. I just heard a message, and it's coming out across the nation and in and, and, and so many different churches. Um, what's his name? It just was Sue. Uh, Carrie Jobs Church used to be church. Robert Morris, thank you so very much. Robert Morris just preached a message and said, if you've got pride in you, don't, you, don't think God's going to answer your prayer. Because, and don't think he's going to bless you, heart, because he knows that if he blesses you, then you're going to use it on you. And he doesn't even answer those things. Wait a minute, I'm a son and daughter. I can ask of God what I want. And the truth of the matter is, that is a yes verse. That is a truth verse. But it's not automatic. It's not this automatic thing when you walk the aisle and you come up front and you pray the magic prayer with the pastor. And then you don't submit your life and your heart to God where you trust in His way. When you begin to to align your heart, when you see where you've, where you are misaligned and you're unholy and you're not doing righteousness and you and you say, oh, I love the Lord. I don't want to hurt him. I want to pursue righteousness. You got that mindset. You start moving that way and God is going to bless you. He's going to do everything you ask in his name because you're going to align yourself with kingdom before you ask. And so what you ask, he already has put in your heart because you've got a heart for him. Yeah. But it's not this automatic thing that seems to be going around all over the place about, well, you're son and daughter of God, so you can ask anything you want. Put your Cadillac on the refrigerator. It sounds like a multi-level marketing business sometimes when we teach the gospel. Instead of the truth of the word of God. And so God says, look, look. He says, you're oppressing your workers. You... What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarrel? That kind of fast, it'll never get anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds, bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourself with ashes. I, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty wild. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? And the answer is no. No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly in prison. Lighten the burden on those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. I'm reading it right out of the book. Then, everybody say then. Then. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal, quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. The presence of God in the Old Testament glory of the Lord, the nature and the character of God, the personhood of the Lord. Listen to the blessing. Where am I? Thank you. I was not looking there. Then you will call on the Lord. Then, when you call on the Lord, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors and feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then, church... Your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild uh, rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of the walls and a restorer of homes. Here's one. You ready? Here's one that I'll be. You know, I just I hear it all the time. makes 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 me so sad. Keep the Sabbath day holy. We want to argue that we don't have to do that for some reason. Don't pursue your own interest on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath and everything you do on that day, and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then, everybody say, then, the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestors, Jacob, I, the Lord, have spoken. There's a seriousness and a sobriety that that the church in America is going to have to embrace if we're going to change a nation. If we're going to change a nation, there has to be this place where we quit playing and doing church and start being the church. that we have this seriousness that we can actually align ourselves in such a way that we can hit the heart of God and that God will respond to us. So the call is to pray and to fast and to respond to God's Word, not just to fast but to replace those times of nourishment with nourishment from the Lord. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, quoting Deuteronomy, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Listen, every every challenge you face, every obstacle this world will throw at you, God has a solution for you. He hasn't abandoned you. You're not abandoned by God. He says to you and me His sons and daughters, I will never leave you or forsake you. I do. I work good in those things. We're just saying it. I work good for those who love me and are called according to my purpose. I take every situation. He's got creative ideas for us, but we're not in the position to hear them. I mean, you got to call us. Why, you, why isn't God working today? Because we're not fasting rightly. We're not even fasting We even jest when somebody says fasting, and we certainly aren't willing to give up coffee. (laughs) You know, when you think about where our heart has to be to say, I'll do everything but coffee, God, and we actually expect him to move, In the miraculous? Wow. We're not serving another human being. We're serving the creator of the universe. I got to hurry. I mean, like, really hurry. Fasting was intended to be a lifestyle for me. It was intended, not because I'm a preacher... Because I'm a man, a son. It was intended. And I need correction. I'm just telling you, I need correction. I need to believe God more. I, I, anybody want to see the miraculous of God? Anybody want to see God move in your life? Anybody see, want to see wherever you go that you have instruction from God to actually be able to bring kingdom in that circumstance, in the Walmart, in the in the Kroger? They still have Kroger's? They do it. Harris Teeters? Or do, do you, do, is that something you want to see? Are you a vessel that's... Honorable before God? Or do you think it just comes with sonship? It does only come with sonship. But those who are wanting and loving and want to pursue the things of God. You could be saved and just barely get in. But the only thing that makes it in your reward crown are your works for kingdom. Everything else gets burnt up. wood, and stubble, it's burnt up. So Jesus said, I'm fasting and I'm praying because it prepares me for my mission. When trials come, when storms come, when people have needs as the church will be ready. The nation is depending on the church. There's a, we're in a crisis, and it's not coronavirus. The crisis is the church. Michael's laughing at me because I didn't say coronavirus. And coronavirus, the antidote is not not drinking corona. That's not the antidote. (laughs) That's what he's giving everybody there, I think. Would you agree with me that we're in a crisis in our nation? Isn't it important for me? I can't control you. I could preach this message, but I can't make you do anything. You have to. You have to respond to God. We can't control the church's around this city or in this nation or around the world. only thing we could do is, is align ourselves the way God says do it. And then we actually might be able to make an impact. And maybe just us praying and, and listening to what's going on around the nation and these other preachers who are preaching this message, just maybe the church will rally and maybe there is hope for us only by God's grace. But if we don't do anything, I can promise you, Hell's going to be unleashed. John 9, 3, and 4. I'm going to read a bunch of scriptures just to give you some back here. It was not because of his sins, Jesus says about the kid who's, who's got sickness. Jesus says, this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. Jesus is saying here that he, he's all about this mission, this assignment, and, and, and it's about bringing glory to God. Same thing Francis Chan said. In John chapter 4, verse 34, it says, My food, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You know, you're here you're here for purpose. He's got work for you. Then Jesus said, Most assured I said to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Jesus said, I have glorified you on earth, Father. I finished the work which you have given me to do. It was all about the work. See, the church needs to understand that that's why we're here. We're here to do the work. It's to bring kingdom to earth. How do you do that? Well, you can't do it without God. You can't do it without relationship with God. You can't do it without intimacy with God. And it's not just about coming to an altar and saying, I believe he's the son of God. People acknowledging God does not bring kingdom. The demons do that and they shudder. They say, you're the Christ, you're the Christ, you're the Christ. They did that in Scripture. Do you, do you remember that? You're the Christ, you're the Christ, you're the Christ. Shut up. He's looking for a body of believers who will believe him and not be, not be building their kingdoms in their pride-filled lives of self-indulgence but actually will take on the likeness of the Savior who is their leader and say, I'm all about the assignment. I'm all about the mission. And if the Son of God who was fully man and fully God can't do it without fasting and praying, surely the church can't do it. This pastor can't. So what's our response going to be today? Well, first of all, this pastor needs to reprioritize God in this life. He needs to do what Francis Chan did, and he needs to say to himself and to the Lord, you know, what I've always thought, just missed it a tad. We're going into a new season, God. I can't imagine trying to go into this season that you've called us to, this assignment you have for Eastside Church, without hearing your voice, without having direction. And I feel very good about how we've done so far, listening to God, following God. When When we testify, Anna, last night, we testify those things. It was amazingly good. Of what we've heard the Lord say and how he has, His has showed us and walked us to this point. But I'm telling you right now, we're about to see if we'll align ourselves with Him and do what He asks us to do, we're about to see the glory of the Lord like we've never seen it before. And what it's up to it's up to whether you and me will actually humble ourselves seek his face so that he can heal our land one person at a time so I need to come to an understanding that relationship with Jesus is more than acknowledging God it's actually aligning with his ways his law because his law just aligns with his nature He's not given the law so that he can penalize you. He's given you the law so you can know who he is. Some need victory over the flesh. (laughs) All of us need victory over the flesh. Some of us need to make fasting a lifestyle. Some of us need to make it a lifestyle again. Maybe you once had fasting as a lifestyle. It's just time to do it again, like Lou Engle. Some of you need your faith to increase. You just need more faith. You need to believe God more. I can promise you, if you'll join us in this fast, if, if if you'll just begin to deny your flesh, beat your body into submission physically, you're going you're gonna to meet your Savior in a way you've never seen Him. So I just encourage you today. Join us that way. Fast and pray. In your, in your, in your seats, there's a, there's a building for the future. I hope you've asked the Lord. I mean, I don't even mind notes that say, I'm believing God for miraculous flow. Anything that comes in, extraordinary, I'll be a I'll be a conduit that'll pass it on to what he's doing here. I, I don't know what God's going to tell you. I don't want to put pressure on you because I want it to be done out of love and belief that God is doing something special here. It's part of it. It's part of it. We're going to have people with Aren't we going to have Yeah there they are right there? Let's just have two people go to the back as as they're going out and let people put them in there since we're on a time crunch since the pastor was so long-winded. Can we do that? Yeah, Aaron, can you help? That'd be great. Our prayer team is going to be up front. How many are challenged by this message, by the way? How many say I'm challenged? Me too. Me too. Let's stand together. Let's stand together why don't you take just a moment and pray with the person beside you just ask for more just pray pray with each other for just a second just ask God blessing to come upon each one that God's power and spirit would come upon you go ahead pray for each other right beside each other pray out loud pray loudly be aggressive don't be timid teach us Jesus Teach us who you are, O God. Continue to expand us, God. Enlighten our hearts, God. Enlighten us, O Jesus, by your word and by your way. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you, God, that that it doesn't return void, God. Thank you that if we align ourselves with it, God, that it will do what you sent it to do quickly. Thank you, God, that when we align with you, Lord Jesus, and we pray according to your will, God, it'll be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, God, that we can enter your throne room boldly, God, boldly because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that, that you opened up a way, God, that we can be filled with the Spirit so we could do righteousness, so that we could do your will and your purpose, God. That we would be empowered to be your church. We're empowered to be your church. Why don't you lift your hands before the Lord? Right now, just lift them up as you're receiving something. Just ask Him right now, fill me with your Holy Spirit, God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, God. I'm no longer a slave to sin. Say it to Him. I'm no longer a slave to sin but i feel filled by your power to pursue righteousness. I choose, God. I insert my will to do your will. Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. The only way that can be accomplished, God, is by your spirit, by your great grace. So, Lord, let us be ever aware how desperately we need you thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you.